بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد الحمد للہ از دا الیونتھ آف فیبروری ان دی ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ So we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He blesses us in this month of Sha'aban and conveys safely to the holy month of Ramadan. Amen. And we moved on to the 10th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious companion Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As radiyallahu. And I spent the session prior in which this noble man had seen what he considered to be the worst treatment the unbelievers gave to the Prophet and he described it as an assassination attempt. But then I mentioned at the end that the Prophet he condemned certain unbelievers eye to damnation. But it was not just Abu Jahl who was now doomed to damnation. Because in another report, in Sayyih Bukhari, number 520, Sayyih Muslim, number 4421. And I'm going to add reports to give a bigger picture. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, who he said, Once whilst Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was performing his salah near the Kaaba, Abu Jahl with his comrades were also sitting nearby. Adding a report. Seven members of the Quraysh were sitting in the Hatim. They were Abu Jahl ibn Hisham, Shayba ibn Rabi'ah, Utba ibn Rabi'ah, Uqba ibn Abi Mu'id, Umayyah ibn Khalaf, and another two persons, i.e. who were Al-Walid ibn Utba and Umana ibn Al-Walid. Whenever Rasulullah went into prostration, he would lengthen his prostration. So this addition is in Tabarani, Bazar, Al-Hatami, in Majma Az-Zawaid, Volume 6, page 18, comments upon the chain of narrators. Ayat al-Sahaba, Volume 1, page 461 of the New English Translation. Abu Nu'im and his Dala'i al-Nubu'ah, page 90, related similar. So stop in the report. So now the narrators, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu. So like I said, many of the Sahaba witnessed this. And Ibn Mas'ud mentioned names. He said they were in the Hatim. Who were they? There was Abu Jahl, the Firon of the Ummah. There was Utba Ibn Rabi'ah, who I mentioned yesterday, had violently struck Abu Bakr radiyallahu. There was his brother, Shayba Ibn Rabi'ah. There was again the Shaitan, Uqba Ibn Abi Mu'id. There was Umayyah Ibn Khalaf, who was the master of Sorry, the father of the companion, Safwan ibn Umayyad, and there was two others. And from other reports, the other two were Al-Walid ibn Utbah and Umar ibn Al-Walid. Then Ibn Masood said, the Prophet would spend a lot of time in prostration. Going back to the report in Bukhari and Muslim. Abu Jahl thereupon said, referring to a she-kamu that had been slaughtered the previous day, who will rise to fetch the entrails of the she-camel of so-and-so 
and then place it between the shoulders of Muhammad when he goes down into prostration. The one most accursed amongst the people got up, brought the entrance, and when the Prophet went down into prostration, placed it between his shoulders. In another report, Ibn Masood clarified radiallahu the worst of them was Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt who brought it. This edition is in Tabarani Bazar Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawa'id, volume 6, page 18, comments upon the chain of narrators. Ayad al-Sahaba, volume 1, page 461 of the New English Translation. Abu Nu'im and his delay al-Nubu'a, page 90, related similar. So, Ibn Masood, radiyallahu was explaining that Rasulullah spent a lot of time in prostration, sallallahu alayhi wa and the shaitans thought this is the best time to humiliate So Abu Jahl, he said, who will put the entrails of the she-camel on his shoulders when he's in prostration? In Bukhari and Muslim, Ibn Masood said, the most accursed got up. Doesn't mention his name. But the other report mentions that the worst of them was Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ir. Going back to the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim. They then burst into laughter. Some of them leaning upon the others. I stood looking. I powerless to help. If I had the power, then I would have thrown it away from the back of Rasulullah. So, stop in the report. So, Ibn Masood, just like Sayyidina Ali, he said, I couldn't do anything because we were powerless. Because if I had any strength or courage, I would have at least taken the entrails off the Prophet's bike, sallallahu alayhi wa Meanwhile, the Prophet, sallallahu had bent down his head in prostration and did not raise it. Until a man went to his dwelling and informed his daughter, Fatima, radiyallahu who was a young girl at the time. She rushed to the spot, removed the filth from him, sallallahu alayhi wa then she turned towards them, rebuking them, i.e., and they did not say a word. Mm-hmm. the report. So, who was this man? We don't know. So, he rushed to the dwelling, and Fatima, and she was only young at the time. She was probably about nine or ten years old at the time, radiallahu. So, she comes rushing, and this shows her bravery. The men, the companions couldn't do anything. Fatima, removed the filth, and then she rebuked the unbelieving Quraysh. So how long was the Prophet in prostration? The man's run to the dwelling. Fatima has come. He's still in prostration. Then the report continues. When he, sallallahu alayhi wa had finished his salah, he said in anger, Oh Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, deal with the Quraysh. He repeated this three times. When they heard his voice, their laughter vanished, abruptly ceased, and they began to immediately fear his curse. But it was now too late. Because then the Prophet said, O Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, deal with Amr ibn Hisham, Utba ibn Rabi'ah, Shayba ibn Rabi'ah, Al-Walid ibn Utba, Umayya ibn Khalaf, Uqba ibn Abi Mu'it and Umara ibn al-Walid. 
Ibn Masood then said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I saw them all struck dead on the day of Badr. And they were then dragged to Al-Qalib, i.e. an old well, the Qalib of Badr. Rasulullah thereupon said, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, The people of Al-Qalib have been followed by a curse, i.e. the supplication he had made against them around a decade or so earlier. So here, this hadith in Bukhari and Muslim and some additions to add further details mentions the same incident. And so not only had they disturbed the Prophet in Salat, they had put the uh, entrails of a dead she-camel on his back and they were laughing. And notice the Prophet didn't terminate his prayer. But when he finished, again notice his anger was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because his worship had been disrupted. And he mentioned them by name. And Ibn Masood said every one of them were dead on the day of Badr. Now what he meant by that was that they died on the battlefield and also after the battle of Badr. Because Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ith was killed on the way back after the defeat of Badr. And what's interesting, Abdullah ibn Masood, the narrator here, his master was Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ith. And he was the most accursed man amongst them. And Abu Jahl was named public enemy number one by our beloved messenger. So how do we know that? Because what did Ibn Masood say in the hadith in Bukhari and Muslim? The one most accursed amongst the people got up. So he was the most accursed. Uqba ibn Abi Mu'it. But in the same hadith in Bukhari and Muslim, who did the Prophet mention first when he cursed? Abu Jahl. <laughs> He goes, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, deal with Amr ibn Hisham. So note, there's no contradiction. The most accursed was Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt, the master of Ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu But public enemy number one was Abu Jahl. And his real name was Amr, Amr ibn Hisham. But there's another report. He has another detail. So this narration is recorded in Tabarani, Bazaar, Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid, volume 6, page 18, comments upon the chain of narrators. Hayat al-Sahaba, volume 1, page 4612-2 of the New English Translation. Abu Nu'im and his delight in Nubu'a, page 90, relates similar. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, radiyallahu, he said, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then lifted his head as he normally lifted it after completing salah. And when he finished his salah, he supplicated, O oh Allah, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, deal with the Quraysh, deal with Utba, Uqba, Abu Jahl, and Shaiba. He repeated this dua three times and then he left the masjid. Wearing his hip, sorry, wearing his whip as a belt, Abu al-Bakhtari met Rasulullah and noticed the distressed look on his face. He said, what is the matter? To which he replied, please leave me to myself. Abu al-Bakhtari however insisted and he asked, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that I shall never leave you to yourself until you inform me now what has happened. Have you been hurt? When Rasulullah realized that Abu al-Bakhtari would not leave him alone, he informed him of the incident. So stop in the report. So after Rasulullah cursed, he's left the masjid. 
And then there's a personality. And he was amongst the nobles of the, the Arabs. Abu al-Bakhtari. And the report goes he was wearing his whip as a belt. So they have a whip. But he was using it as a belt as well. And he noticed that the Prophet had been hurt. So he asked him, what's the matter? So the Prophet first said, please leave me. But then he goes, I'm not going to leave you until you tell me. So he informed him. Abu al-Bakhtari, he thereupon said, come back with me to the masjid. When Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and Abu al-Bakhtari entered the masjid, Abu al-Bakhtari confronted Abu Jahl and he asked, O Abu al-Haqam, was it you who instructed that the entrails of a camel should be thrown on Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Abu Jahl testified. The next moment, Abu al-Bakhtari raised his whip and smote Abu Jahl on the head. The people thereupon began scuffling with one another. Abu Jahl thereupon shouted, Shame on you people. Muhammad wants us to be at loggerheads whilst he and his companions remain safe. He goes, stop fighting. So let's look at this. So like I said, he was a noble amongst the Arabs. And the Prophet said Abu Jahl instigated this. For his kunyat was Abu al-Haqq, the father of the wise. But the Prophet changed his name to the father of the Jahl. So when he went to Abu Jahl, he goes, did you give that order? He goes, yes, I did. And within a split second, the whip around his waist, he struck Abu Jahl. And then obviously, the tribes got involved, they started fighting. So Abu Jahl, he said, stop fighting. And look at his mindset. He goes, Muhammad wants us to be fighting each other whilst he and his companions are safe. He goes, what's the matter with you? So note, there were good ones amongst them as well. In another report, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud simply said, I saw all seven of these polytheists killed during the Battle of Badr. This is in Imam Ahmad's Musnad, Al-Bidaya, Volume 3, page 44, Ayat al-Sahaba, Volume 1, page 462 of the New English Translation. So let's mention very briefly how they were dispatched. So obviously Abu Jahl, how was he killed at Badr? And quite a few were involved. They were the two sons uh, of the Ansar, uh, of uh, the two sons of Afra, who actually got to him, but they didn't finish him off. There was also Abu, uh, another companion who struck him, but he also didn't finish him off. There was also the angels who also had their fun with Abu Jal. But the final strike was from Ibn Masood. Abdullah Ibn Masood killed him with his own sword. So he died, you know, unceremoniously on the day of Badr. Shayba Ibn Rabia and Utba Ibn Rabia, how did they die? They were killed in the opening jewels. Ayy Hamza radiallahu and also Ali, and also Ubaidah ibn al-Harith, radiyallahu ta'ala anhum, they dealt with them. So they were killed at the beginning of the battle. Uqba ibn Abi Mu'it, he was caught as a prisoner. But on the way back to al Madinah, the Prophet gave orders to kill him. 
And then he goes, who will look after my family? And the Prophet said, the fire. <laughs> so, so he was killed by Ali. Umayyah ibn Khalaf, he was also a prisoner. And he was taken by Abdul Rahman ibn Awf, but then Bilal saw him. And Bilal was one who had been tortured by this shaitan. He got the Ansar together and they finished Umayyah off. He was killed. The other two, Al-Walid ibn Utbah and Umar ibn Al-Walid, I think one of them was opening jewels and the other, I have no idea. But good riddance. So all of them, Ibn Masood said, were taken out. Now what's amazing, this curse of the Prophet was 10 years prior to it occurring. So this is why the Prophet said, the people of this well have been followed by a curse. So note, Rasulullah has cursed, and even Rasulullah's curse wasn't instantaneous. So why wasn't it instantaneous? Because Allah wanted them to suffer. They had to carry that, you know, knowledge that they were doomed for 10 years before they were killed. And very similar, you could say about Abu Lahab as well. Allah revealed Surah Surah Lahab condemning the Prophet's uncle and his wife. And that was in the third year of prophethood. And he died 11 years after that. He didn't embrace Islam, nor did his wife. So note, Allah's decree was final. So notice how many companions witnessed that attack and that assault. And this was again proving that this incident certainly took place. In those early days, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As, he also witnessed the horrific torture of the majestic Sayyidina Bilal. So what did he say? In Ibn Sa'd in his Tabaqat 3-232, Hafiz Baladuri in his Ansab al-Ashraf 1-185, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As he said, I saw Bilal being tortured in the desert. Subhanallah, if a piece of meat was kept on him, it would have got fried. I switch was the heat. However, despite this, Bilal who was saying, I deny Lat and I deny Uzzah. This angered his master Umayyah. Thus he went on increasing the torture until Bilal lost consciousness. They then poured water over him only to then continue their torture when he came to his senses. So who narrated all of that? Amr. So Amr had all had also seen a direct eye witness to Bilal's torture. And look how graphic he you know he put it. He wasn't involved, but he was seeing. And he goes, if a piece of meat was kept on him, it would have fried. So this is not an exaggeration. It gets so hot in the desert, 60 plus degrees. And it literally will eventually burn a person. And he goes, they waited till that time. And then still, despite the heat, despite the torture, Bilal was saying, I deny Lat and Uzzah. And then he goes, Umayyah lost, because he lost, you know, he flipped. And then he said, he increased the torture of Bilal. And Bilal fell unconscious. But they didn't let him be unconscious for long. They poured water on him. Only so they could continue their torture. So they used water. Look, they wouldn't give him water. They only gave him water to bring him around to torture him again. In another report, Bilal himself said, 
Once they kept me thirsty for a day and night, and only then took me out on a hot day into the desert to torture Astaghfirullah. This is recorded by Hafiz Balazuri, Rahmatullah, in his Ansabul Ashraf, 1 186. So think about that. He was very strong. He was a strong servant to the Allah. But they didn't give him food or drink for the day. They weakened him. And only after that, he goes, they took me in the midday sun to torture. So why is this important to highlight? These touching scenes must have certainly further left a profound mark on Sayyidina Amr's blessed heart. So he witnessed the assassination attempt on the Prophet He's also seen Bilal's brave stance and the torture he was going through. But, subhanAllah, struggling with himself after witnessing such clear signs, Sayyidina Amr ibn al-As still refused to embrace the truth. So like I mentioned, his brother has already embraced Islam. Hisham ibn al-As So he's fighting it. So you have to explain again and again because he is the eldest son of Al-As ibn Iwai, who was a deadly opponent to the Prophet But the fact that he's narrating all these early things was showing this was leaving a profound impact upon him. And Alhamdulillah, we get to learn about the companions. And the other thing about Sayyidina Bilal is that he would say, Ahadun Ahad, famous. The unique, the unique. So why was he saying that? And the response was, they were telling him to worship other idols. So he was thinking, what's the best attribute to use? And he goes, what better than the unique? Ahadun Ahad. And that famous phrase that he used, or that glorious attribute that he used, this became the, the slogan of war on the day of Badr. So when the Prophet ﷺ gave orders to engage the enemies at Badr, the most glorious encounter, the war cry was Ahadun Ahad. So notice the great honor given to Sayyidina Bilal. And on the opposite side was the one who tortured Bilal, Umayyah. He was one of the, on the, on the hit list. And of course, you know, he was killed. So all I mentioned today was again highlighting that horrific attack on our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wa and note his anger was for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then I mentioned some of the names who were now doomed to damnation and they all came to inevitably and then I mentioned of course Sayyidina Amr radiyallahu and his witnessing some of the tortures of Sayyidina Bilal but this is all important to highlight. We're going through the life of Amr, indicating a slow process was taking place in the blessed man's life. Are there any questions you want to ask? Subhanallah, bihamdi, subhanallah, humma, bihamdi, ka ishtu lai, lahi illa, and astaghfirullah, tu bilayk, wa tu bilayk, wa tu bilayk, wa tu bilayk, subhanallah, rabbika, rabbil izzati, amma isifu, salamu ala rabbil salim, alhamdulillah, rabbil alameen, bismillah, rahman, rahim, والأصل إن الإنسان لفي خصم الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات والأصل بالحق والأصل بالسوء سلام الله عليكم